Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Hey, hey, I am back. In case you missed me, I don't know. But over the last two weeks, you may or may not have seen that I had to repost some old episodes uh, for the podcast on Mondays. And that's because I was down in South America and the internet was so bad where I was staying in the three locations I stayed that I was not even able to create the podcast like I would like to. So I had to scramble a bit, but I dug up some oldies but goodies for you and hope you enjoyed those of the last two weeks. So we've got a fresh new content here this Monday. And what I want to talk to you about is is kind of the disaster that was my trip, actually, and how it was, how I dealt with it. Uh, so I was down there basically on a family vacation with my wife and two kids, but as you know, when you're managing a business or you own a business, you're an entrepreneur, you never really stop working. So part of my vacation was going to be spent visiting a few of the golf clubs down in Ecuador. In fact, I got to two really lovely clubs. I went to Guayaquil Country Club, which is in a very large city, Guayaquil, second largest city in Ecuador. And then I was also visiting a club called Monte Cristi which is in my wife's state of Manabí. There's like 17 or 18 states in Ecuador. Manabí is one of those states, and Monte Cristi is the only golf club in that state. In fact, there's only eight golf clubs in all of Ecuador. So I was at a quarter of the golf clubs in Ecuador while I was there. So while I was down there, I was planning to shoot some episodes for Let's Play Through because that's those courses no one in the world have ever seen. Uh, there's no video content really created for them other than what those clubs have put out. And they've never had an influencer or anyone of real notoriety online come through there. So I thought it was a great opportunity to showcase them. My my wife's family had some connections and was able to get me in the door at those clubs so that I could go and, and showcase them. I brought my drone. I brought my cameras with me. Didn't bring the crew. Usually we travel with a crew of five people for the show. But obviously being on a family vacation and not really having the budget to bring my crew down for this, uh, it was just going to be me uh, with, the help of, with, with the help of some family down there. So had a great first week, honestly. We, we, we had a wonderful time. I met a gentleman named Rafael Ponce who showed me around Guayaquil Country Club we played. He's actually one of the few PGA touring professionals internationally ever that's come out of Ecuador. And he was just an entertaining and fascinating guy. We had so many great discussions. I think my favorite discussion with Raphael is I asked him, he played for 20 years on the Asian tour and he played, he's played, he's now 56 years old. He's been playing golf professionally since he was a teenager and he's been playing on tours in South America and Asia. He's been in some European tour events. He's actually won three times on, on tour, which is a huge huge accomplishment. And the question I asked him was, you know, have you ever just wanted to just give it, give it a rest? Have you ever just wanted to say like, I'm taking a year off. I need to just reset myself. I want to take some time off from golf. And I love the answer he gave. He, he talked about the fire and the passion in his belly. The fact that he can still go out there and think he can beat 
the 25 year olds. He's like, you, if you're going to do something and you're going to perfect it, you've got to do that a million times. He's taken millions and millions of, of this, of putts and chips and shots out on the range to perfect his craft. And he could never even in, in, in imagine giving that up. So I, I thought that was just a great conversation, kind of an inspiring one. And, and one of many great conversations we had on the course. The course was was nice. We played. I took the drone shots. I took all sorts of nice uh, playing shots. I, we knocked in a few big putts. And it was a great day out there at Guayaquil Country Club. Then I went out with family and we, we had a big crab feast. If you've watched my show, you know my show is not just about the golf, but it's really about the entire experience of traveling to a destination uh, and experiencing a club and, and all that the local community has to offer. So we had a big crab feast uh, we, we, I climbed the 444 steps in Guayaquil, which is kind of an iconic area called Las Peñas in Guayaquil. It's, it's a big hill that overlooks the, the rivers that kind of collide in the city. And it was an important fort and fortification of the city. But now they've, they've built these 444 steps. You can go up and all along the way, there's bars and restaurants and street vendors and fun stuff going on. So I did that and I did a number of other kind of touristy activities in Guayaquil. Then we headed to the beach. My wife's family is actually from another town on the coast. And so as we were driving through, we went, we stopped at a place called Machalia, which is a beautiful, beautiful beach. It's a public park in Manabi, the state that she lives in. And I had the kids with me and we decided to, to have some, you know, like a, like a beach day. So one of the things my, my son really wanted to do is he really wanted to climb a mountain. And so we found, we found a, how do I describe this? It was like a large rock basically overhanging the, the ocean, kind of a cliff. Probably I would say maybe 50 feet high, maybe 70 feet, five feet high. But it was a pretty sheer face. Uh, it, I'd say it was. we were on about a, maybe a 75, 80-degree incline to climb this thing. But I thought, okay, let's give it a shot. So I had this wonderful experience with my son, one of the most incredible father-son experiences that you can have. My son, Lucas, is six years old. You may have heard him here on Private Club Radio. I've had him on the show before. He's, when he was three, I think, he was, he was a guest appearance. But um, he's six and, you know, as a six-year-old, he's never really done things adventurous, I would say. He's he's lived a pretty non-adventurous life <laughs> for a six-year-old. So we were out there and he says, Daddy, let's climb, let's climb this mountain. I said, we can do it. Okay. So he gets, he starts going and he starts climbing and climbing. And um, we get to a, a, a part, probably about 10% up, up he, and he says, Daddy, I can't do it. It's too, I'm scared. Because he started to kind of look down and see, you know, we had gotten, you know, maybe 20 feet in the air. And it became very, very, uh, the incline changed where it became very steep all of a sudden. He says, Daddy, I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to go back. I said, son, I want you to remember this day because you're going to accomplish something that you never thought was possible. And I, I think you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. And so I was actually rolling. I had my camera with me, my little action cam that I filmed the show with. And I captured this incredible moment with my son where he accomplished something that he was so scared and thought was impossible. But when we got to the top of that and he saw this beautiful 
blue ocean, the waves crashing, you know, we're 75 feet up in the air and this beautiful, spectacular view and the, and the, the, the joy that was on his face, the fact that he had accomplished something, we high-fived. That was a really, really special moment for me and I was able to capture that on video. So I was so, so happy about what I had in terms of the Guayaquil trip. And I'm thinking, how am I going to start this video with me and my son climbing this quote-unquote mountain? And it's going to be an incredible start to an episode. And so I'm, we're walking back to the car, which we had to walk along the shoreline to get back to the parking lot. And I noticed I had we had to basically go down on our butts because it was so steep. Going down was actually a little bit more treacherous than going up this thing. I, we went down on our on our rear ends a little bit, and. I was I was dirty. I had mud on my on the right my right arm. I noticed, uh, and so I decided I was going to wash myself off in the ocean. So we're walking around along the shoreline, and I, I hand my camera to my son. And by the way, I hadn't downloaded any of the footage. You probably know where this is going now, right? I hadn't downloaded any of the footage to my computer of Guayaquil Country Club, of the crabs, of the four hundred forty four steps, or any of the other things that I had done for a week in Guayaquil. So I handed my son the camera. I said, hold this for just one second, Lucas. I got to wash myself off. And in that five or 10 seconds that I splashed a few, a little bit of water on my arm, Lucas somehow dropped the camera and a wave came and just swept my camera away. (laughs) So I am like, you know, I'm looking and I'm panicking. And this ocean is very, very rough. Um, That's why we weren't swimming that day because these waves were big crashing in off the Pacific Ocean in Ecuador. But, I, you know, I go out there and I'm, I'm looking. And so Lucas is like kind of freaking out because he knows <laughs> his dad's camera is now in the ocean. Uh, and so he starts to go looking for it. And I have to, I've, I'm, I'm continually putting him, telling him, Lucas, please don't worry about it. I'll find it. You know, don't get swept away in the ocean as I'm trying to like find the camera and I'm going back, you know, he's coming back in the water and then my son Marco runs over because he sees what happens and he's going in the water and he's only three years old and it was a bit of a mess, right? Like I didn't, I didn't care so much about the camera as my kids getting swept away, right? So to make a long story short, did not find the camera. I searched for an hour, couldn't find the camera anywhere. This, the sea was just too rough and that, that, you know, that's, if that's ever happened to you, you when you've got something, a really precious moment. And to, again, to me, of all the footage on the camera, the, the, the footage that meant the most to me was that, was that little mountain that my son and I climbed together because that was such a special moment. Something like, I, again, I thought about maybe when he's 18 years old, you know, I'll show him this video, you know, when he, when he thinks that he can't accomplish something to, to realize that he can do anything and nothing's impossible. And to me, that was the most precious footage. So as you can imagine, I'm I'm pretty devastated the fact that I just lost this thing, and I'm I'm panicking, panicking, looking for this thing in the in the ocean, which is very like muddy up by the coast. There's probably about ten feet of just like sand and mud getting kicked up. But if I, if you got about ten feet away from the coast, the water was crystal clear. I mean, I could see <laughs> I was almost stepping on stingrays, and there's fish in the water, and you could see everything. I picked up bottles like plastic bottles and I picked up a bunch of stuff but I could not find the camera so I was I was completely devastated 
My, meanwhile, my wife and my sons had walked back. They, they went to go talk to someone to see if like maybe, you know, they could file a lost and found type of report and maybe a snorkeler or somebody who comes to the beach could find it. But as you can imagine, an absolute disaster. I don't have much hope because in a country like that, it's not like the United States where if you lose something, people bring it back. I had to post a big reward, probably twice the value of that camera in order to have any chance of someone ever giving that thing back to me. So I knew that there was very, very little hope of finding it. So as I'm making that long walk back to where my kids and my wife are, the thought that came over me was, this is the most important part right now. How do you handle this? How do you become an example to your son about how to handle difficult circumstances? And as much as I wanted to cry in that moment to like curl up into a ball because I just lost all of this hard work, and mostly that memory that I can't ever, we, you can't ever recapture that. I knew that I had to show my son that the, the real lesson of the day was not that you could accomplish every, anything, which was such an important lesson, but the bigger lesson was how do you handle loss? So I decided that when we got back, I was going to have another talk with my son about how things are just things, possessions are just possessions. The most important, the most important thing is the people that you surround yourself with and the memories that you make together, those you can never lose. And that was what I told my son when I got back there. So I could have done one or two things at this point as we left the beach. I'm driving and, you know, I'm devastated. I could have decided forget it. I'm just going to enjoy the rest. I have, an, I have another week here. I'm just going to enjoy it with the family. I'm going to try to take my mind off this and I'm not going to create any content. Or I could double down, have some resolve, some inner fortitude that I was going to reshoot all of these things. And if you know me, you can probably guess what I decided to do. I, I decided to call up Raphael Ponce at Guayaquil Country Club, tell him the sad story <laughs> and beg for him to let me back at the club. By the way, they only let one guest per member per month at this club. So this was a big ask actually to get me back there again to go to Guayaquil Country Club. But I decided it was worth it. I had to, I had to get, tell him what happened and, and give it a shot. So I, I, I took my medicine there. I, I told him, you know, I handed my camera to a six-year-old and I should not have done that and unfortunately lost all the footage and we've got to do it again. Luckily, he was kind and generous enough that he just he, he would let me come back and do it. And we did it better than ever, right? And I went back and did, I climbed those 444 steps and I did it better than ever. And we did all sorts of other activities in Guayaquil, not the same ones, but at least pretty good ones. And I did it better than ever. Last couple of days before I left, I went to the, to uh, download a little bit of footage. So I had an external hard drive with me, my laptop, and, and I had some footage on my camera I needed to download. So I hooked my camera up to my laptop, and unfortunately, my laptop battery died while I was transferring footage. And I got that warning that you've probably seen if you've ever disconnected a disk from a from a computer. It says, you know, disk did not eject properly. Um, and, and 99 times out of a hundred, 999 times out of a thousand, it doesn't mean anything, right? You just plug the disc back in and it works. Well, this time it did mean something. And my, my hard drive decided not to work, which means I, everything that I had just downloaded of that entire week's 
venture, reliving all the stuff I had lost the previous week was now also gone and I cannot access it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Just reliving that in my mind brings me back to the anxiety I had in the moment. Beyond that, I failed to back up any of the other footage that we had created in Dubai, my trip to Dubai, as well as my trip to Scottsdale, Arizona, where I played True North. So I had two other key shows in addition to the week's worth of footage I had just created that I had just now lost. (laughs) And I'm telling this story to my friend Chris. And Chris Chris asked me, you know, like, what's the lesson you learned? <laughs> and I I thought about it for a second. And of course the, the main lesson is you should always have a backup of your data. But of course when you're also on the road and you're kind of running and gunning like I am, you don't really have the the luxury of the time to be able to back everything up and have redundant backups. But obviously from a technological point, that's probably the number one lesson. But again, my number one lesson is how do you handle that adversity? And how do you show my two young sons how to handle loss? And again, I decided to, sh- to show them that things are just things. That people are the most important things that we're surrounded with. And it's what you do after that loss that matters. Do you decide that that's going to be it, that you're going to quit and give up? Or do you decide that you're going to double, triple down, quadruple down and do it even better? That was the biggest lesson I was able to teach my sons. Hopefully, it's a lesson that they'll never forget. And hopefully, my little story is slightly inspiring for you in the fact that when something goes wrong at your club, when the computer system goes down, when the chef walks out, when you have a horrible month for membership and you just get into that place where you feel like you're mentally can't take any more adversity. That's the point in time that's actually the most important part. And that's what separates the winners from the losers in the game of life. And so I hope you'll take the route that I took and decide to do it even better. Now I'm going to end with a little bit of good news. I was actually able to save that footage off that drive that crashed. So my, my reshoot of Guayaquil Country Club is an episode that you'll get to watch. You'll get to watch the, my episode from Dubai and you'll get to epi- watch the episode from True North because I was able to run some software. It took me hours and hours and hours over the weekend, but I was able to save what was on that drive and at least pull it off so I could put it onto a new drive and, and get that edited and get those shows out for everyone. So that's the good news. It does have a happy ending in a way and the lessons that I learned and that my my sons learned and now hopefully I've passed on to you will serve us all very well in the future. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I hope it's faced with good things and not adversity, but when it is, just know that that's an opportunity to excel. I want to thank our sponsors for this show, Member Text and Concert Golf Partners. Two amazing companies doing incredible things in the private club industry. Member Text is your source for member communication, staff communication, and guest follow-up. Visit them at membertext.net. And Concert Golf Partners is injecting fresh capital into private clubs all around the country. 
if your club is saddled with debt, if a member assessment is looming, that's the time to give Concert Golf Partners a call, chat with Peter and his team, and see if they can help. You can visit them at ConcertGolfPartners.com. I'll catch you guys back here next week, and until then, here's to your membership success.